Today we've got another episode of Behind the Broker, with um, which, is a, which is a podcast for mortgage brokers just to talk to some of the top people in the industry, find out a little bit more about them and um, maybe some of their common mistakes and their, their growth plans and that kind of thing and see what we can uh, see any advice that we can give to anyone up and coming. Um, so today I've got Andrew Montlake with me, uh, more commonly known as Monty. Um, he is the MD of Corico. Thanks for joining me, Monty. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, so if we could just start with, tell me about your um, your financial services journey. And that's been that's a long one, so keep it short. <laughs> how uh, long have you got? <laughs> and talk to me about Corico and how it um, how it kind of, how it went from kind of initial thought to what it is today, which is you know one of the uh, one of the industry giants. Um, yeah. Well, uh, first of all, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I started in like most people really you sort of fall into this wonderful weird exciting stressful industry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i woke up one morning going i know what i want to do um no i left um i left uh uh leeds uni and um or leeds poly rather and uh and didn't really know what to do but but actually i wanted to do marketing and pr really so I got a job in a in an ad agency, um, and at the time the ad agency was uh, the ad world was a bit quiet, and um, and there were three graduates in a post room earning seven and a half grand a year, and they said, "Don't worry, we'll promote from within." But of course, you know, six months later, I was still there thinking I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I did a bit of stint as a direct marketer. Um, working for people like Diet Coke and and going round and and marketing their ways wares all over, and uh, and did that for for a year and then thought you know what I need a proper job so I I sort of went into um, saw that John Charcoal were advertising for admin people and thought you know what I, you know maybe maybe go. I'll do that yeah and uh, and yeah and uh, I met the first person. Um, who really inspired me actually was a guy called Ian Darby, who was a marketing guru behind charcoal and everything they were doing. And, um, I told him that in 10 years time, I wanted his job. And, uh, and actually I've been lucky to be able to do, uh, marketing and PR and mortgage broking and sort of, um, which is, is something that I became passionate about and helping people and etc. Um, nice. How did Corico come about then? How was it the um how was the like from initial start up to, to where it is today? How did that uh... Yeah, so so we we were um the the founders of Corico, we were basically or most of us were the management team in a in another company that that went down in the credit crunch. Yeah. So we all got made redundant and we thought, well, what the hell are we gonna do now? And uh there were there were three of us, uh, four of us who got together and thought, actually, do you know what? Um, why don't we start our own company and, and try and be the idiots in control and, and, and do something? There's so many businesses now, you know, like so many of our clients who were born out of that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Kind of a, didn't particularly want to do it at the time, didn't really have a lot of other choices. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, that, so loads of great businesses were born out of, um, out of kind of the credit crunch and that having to, having to knuckle down and try and make some cash for a few years. Yeah, it was it was it was really tough. So we started with about ten, twelve of us. Um, the day the FTSE hit its low point, 
and and we just thought actually we want to do things a little bit differently it was we really wanted to be really relaxed and chilled and and try and prove that mortgage broking doesn't need to be rocket science or hide behind suit and ties or anything like that it was um we just wanted to be re- really down to earth and and relate to people look after introducers we we really understood how to look after estate agents and uh how to also do things like um corporates where we look after employee benefits um and that was sort of our our blueprint to try and just do things a little bit differently and really embrace things like social media pr and uh and the like just touching on that actually because i do think it's really uh poignant that some of the best people that i speak to in this industry have come from marketing or they understand that how important it is i think um Someone else said to me, actually, like, we're not a mar- we're not a mortgage company, we're a marketing company. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's really, really yeah. kind of, um, it's interesting you come from that background and you've grown such a successful business. Do you think the two, do you think there's a correlation between the two? Do you think it's important to kind of get that grasp of it? Um, I think it is important, but I think actually everyone, I, I look around, there's some fabulous businesses in this, in this industry. Um, and you don't have to be big to be fabulous. There, there are some fabulous, you know, smaller businesses, even two or three people. And I tell you what, they market themselves a darn sight better than, well, I was gonna say, than yeah, we do. Not, there's also some really like, big, well, worst, well, sorry, best kept secrets in the industry as well, where they are very good at what they do, but they don't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's, yeah, it's I, I do market. see that correlation a lot. That the best businesses who really understand a what they stand for and the clientele they want to attract and they understand marketing and especially now social media they do tend to be the ones who who uh who stand above the others well i was talking to someone the other day about a similar thing when i said that none of us have got an exclusive product you know what i mean like we're yeah. all in the same boat it's just how we market ourselves is the difference maker really I mean, yeah, as I've always said, yeah, and, and making sure we are staffing everything's up to date. But actually, how we market ourselves is how we is how we're ahead of other parents. I mean, yeah. it goes without saying, don't be a knob and actually be good at your job. But there's <laughs> lots of people who do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, there are lots of knobs out there as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, some people think I'm one of them. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, but just basically going back to that, we we basically sell other people's products to people who don't want them because <laughs> they don't want a mortgage they want the, the house man, they want really? the dream we're just we're just the necessary evil so actually us it is all about marketing it's all about marketing ourselves and you know people need to buy into us as an advisor on a personal level they need to buy into the brand um and especially the way things are going now where people actually look at business and they want to see themselves reflected in that business that's why things like uh, um the green agenda are important it's why things like diversity and inclusivity is important it's why language is really important so all these things people want to see in the companies that they're dealing with now they want to see something more than just i will help you get a mortgage and do you think that is what? Do you think that's like a metric of your success, just in regards to how you position yourself, or actually aiming at your clientele? I just I see a lot of mortgage brokers, especially smaller businesses, where they kind of don't really know what they're, what they're pointing their marketing at. Do you know what I mean? I think they see a lot of people who chat a lot yeah. to other mortgage brokers instead of speaking to their customers, and 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, just it's interesting to. Um, yeah, I think it's it's got there's there's a whole new breed of of broker and smaller firm coming up now who really understand it. I think there are still a lot of I call them dinosaurs. Sorry, um, who who think actually oh it'll always be the same things will never change etc. But I but I think it does change. Um, if you look at like the, if you look at the big losses we've had since it got tied to the last couple of years, there's been like a, a 20 year mortgage brokerage, 25, and I think a 17. I think that's quite poignant. And like you said, if you're always doing things the same, it don't change. This is all the way we've always done it. Then when you yeah. don't pivot when the market changes, I think you're. Um, I mean, that's a massive red flag for anyone. The fact that you can be going that long and then still stumble along in the in, the, in a tight market. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it's tricky. I mean, you really see. I mean, tight markets are are, are really difficult, and we're in a really difficult market now. Um, and I think there will be some good firms who suffer. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make you a bad firm just because you know you, you might not make it. You just you I'm just interested, gonna... Monty. Is it is it harder for you being a bigger business because we don't get loads of. Like what are you sixty seventy people there? Uh, we're now about fifty three. Yeah, so fifty three. There's 54. not many businesses of your size. But there's so many one man bands mm. in our business. Isn't there? So many two man bands. There's yeah. not really any many of those larger brokers. Do you find it? Has, has it been tougher for you? For instance, like we're, we're a six man band, so we can say like we've got yeah. six mouths to feed. That's what we've got to do to get through this. Is what we've got to do. Is it is it kind of tougher for you because you? Obviously, because it's a scaling thing, or is it is it the same kind of problems you're going to get if you're you know three or four man band compared to what what you guys are? I think it's you, you go into this. It you're either small enough to um, to be really nimble and to make really quick decisions and to to ride out hard times, or you can have economies of scale where actually actually you can. You can cut costs pretty quickly if you need to. Um, I think when you're sort of between 40 and 100, you're probably in that red zone where it is really hard because if things get too too bad and you do need to cut, you're 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 sort of cutting into the soul of the company, um, and yeah, and it, it's quite tricky. And so you're at this place where expenses are at a level that are quite hard to move quickly. Yeah. So it is it is an issue. Me, my wife said to me the other day, she said, uh, oh, your business always gets unwieldy and difficult if, every time you go over 40 people. And she's probably right. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think that's the, the sticking point? Of, I think it's that's where you... That's mortgage brokerage, like the industry as a whole, don't tend to get above that, unless you're one of the big... Mm. Um, you know, the, where they've got multi-sites or they're all in the back of a state agent somewhere, you know, where it's, or, uh, you know, the, some of the less desirable self-employed chucked in the back of, uh, uh, in the back of nowhere, you know, no help, that kind of yeah. thing. Actual proper brokerages, um, it must be, you know, it must, it, it must be tough. Yeah, I, th- I think all, it's... Just getting over that 40, there must be a reason for it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's because that's when you, you really have to put in structure. You can't really get away with not having having structure and, and management and, and HR and, 
if you need compliance and et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's where it gets. And, and staff issues are, you know, especially at the moment, every, everyone is, everyone needs um, a helping hand or they need, you know, it's like managing a team, really. You've got to work out which are the ones who, who respond well to an arm around the shoulder and which the ones respond better to a kick and, and it's still have to do that even when the business your size it's not kind of not like one size fits all you still got to manage everyone kind of separately like you would like we we would because we're a small team you know is it, is it still the same for you where you've got to kind of look after the individuals is it yeah i think that's that's always been my personal belief is uh, maybe i'm wrong look i have i have a problem with the word success in terms of are we successful no i don't think we are i, I don't think how do you define I don't look at us how, how do you define the um i think i've struggled with defining it um i think it's it's i think we're 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 good in a lot of ways but we could be so much better in in so many other ways and i i, I, I don't like sort of looking at one company and and going yeah we're the best or or we're so much better than the others because I that's tell you exciting, what, I, say, no, I, deal I, with... I think that's an exciting prospect that we're not, fin- we're never the finished article. I think if you, no, sat I don't down think we're even close. Said, no, if you sat down and said we have completed it, like what's the? Mm. You don't really need a, you don't really an MD anymore, than do you? It just sort of, you know, <laughs> floats along. No, that'd be uh, that. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I think it's a nice thing that I, I said it again. We're in a growing phase. It was very much like that where. We're nowhere near as good as we're going to be next week, but we're better than we were last mm. week, and it's continual. Um, does that still feel the same for you? Does it always feel like growing, always, always learning? Yeah, I think it feels like two steps forward, one step back all the time. Mm. Um, because every time you go forward, you learn something else, and and you have to step back and, and take a look at it. And and we we, I'm always brutally honest, maybe maybe too honest, um, about you know the company about how we're doing about how what i'm feeling etc i'm very much somebody who wears their heart on the sleeve um and that's really the only way i know how to be and i and i think that that is good because it it shows that i'm authentic Mm. um and you know a lot of the things we do as a company whether it's dni or or equality or anything like that it, it it's not just a tick box it's it's something that that comes from yeah. that comes from from within, and we, whilst we don't get everything right, you know that the uh, that the uh, that the heart and soul is there, and, and yeah. that we we will try and get it right as as much as we can. I think it's it's about being able to go home every night, looking yourself in the mirror, and yeah. going right. Did I do? Did I do the best? Was I as honest with people? Etc. And that's really important for have me. You, it doesn't make me rich. Well, but... hey? Sorry, have you always done that? It's just in regards to kind of the open book side of things. It's quite innovative for businesses in the UK, like Americans do. In the states, everyone does, don't they? Like you know exactly what's happening. Mm. It's much more emotional led, and they they understand where the business is. Whereas I think British businesses, especially, we seem to be quite insular with kind of keeping it to ourselves and that kind of thing. Have you always done it? Is it like a new thing for you? Have you, um, have you I've always been like that personally. Yeah. And I, and I think actually it, every iteration of Corico has, has, has tried to be like that. 
as much yeah. as possible um because that's that's important you know we're nothing without our people nothing at all i think that's important as well you know like if you're open and honest like when it's tough it's tough but then yeah no one thinks you're dick swinging when you're doing well because you do you're doing well so you're gonna be honest about that as well you know it's nice to yeah nice to have both sides it's not all yeah. um it's kind of doom and gloom as well when you have the yeah good years, it's what i say to brokers generally it's yeah what i say generally is don't get don't get too low in the downtimes, but don't get too high in the uptimes. Yeah. It's about, it's you know, games, enjoy yeah. it, um, you know, work harder when you need to, but but try and keep that balance. And, and it's yeah. it's very difficult. I'm a, uh, I, I talk a good game, but it's quite hard to do uh, it yeah. yourself. As yeah, well. I'm just a straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really not like that. I am very no, up and down. I'm going to say, I'm, like, I'm emotionally charged about everything. I get excited about everything. <laughs> and then... If it doesn't work out, but at the same time, I think it's um, something to be said for being optimistic. You know, I think it's, it's mm. important to have that uh, kind of optimism. Even though my, I think my maybe foolish optimism when I always think things are just going to be better. But yeah, you've got to be cautiously optimistic. If if you're not optimistic mm. and you're always negative, then there's no real point. I think I need to add the caution bit onto mine rather than just optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> you don't want to go. You don't want to get the other end of the spectrum, do you? Where you're sticking your head in the sand. But at the same time, no, I genuinely exactly. believe that. I do. But for instance, we've, we've been through a fairly tough time this year. I don't know how you feel. Like how mm. we're coming out of it. Do you just what do you sense? Kind of beginning of next year, kind of Q one, Q two. Are you um, optimistic or is it more? Of the I same? think. I think it's about riding it out. I really do because I think actually for the for the firms that that are able to ride it out, say, from Q2 onwards next year, I think it's going to be good. And mm. there's going to be loads of opportunity. There's, there's, there's been pent-up demand for ages. We talked about this pent-up demand and yeah, it was yeah. released a little bit a couple of years ago, but, but actually now we're building up even more pent-up demand. So uh, That's I, a bit I like think it, the next like the old three... Yeah. Like it's yeah. going to pop. We're, we're as long as there's no more world wars or... Uh... Stupid well, I don't uh, know. Every year seems to find its own. Hold my it'd be beer. Lovely, moment, we could just take it? a three-year run at business with nothing, no interruptions. I know just that's nice all I want. Years. Yeah, I take two <laughs> yeah. years to be honest. Yeah, take a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that would be nice. So yeah, you're always trying to, you're always trying to react to something at the moment, and that's that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It'd be boring if it was easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be bored and rich. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I know that would be nice. <laughs> Just so in regards to kind of the new changes, the new normal, if you like, how's, how's it again? I'm, I'm always coming to this out of interest because of the size of your business, but how is it to get your team to a, adapt to the new normal? Is it just, is it kind of organic or is it something that you've had to sit down and go, look, this is just the market now. What, what, how's it, how's it gone for you? Yeah, I I think it's it's been I think that's been a big challenge actually. Is is there there are people there who have experienced it before and they'll be fine. Some of the are, are yeah. um, more experienced self employed guys and girls, you know, they'll be fine. They they know what it's they like. It. But there's a whole a whole new swathe of of brokers out there who who haven't experienced this. They haven't experienced the slowdown. They don't understand why the phone stops ringing. Um, yeah. Or what and, to do when the phone starts ringing? I think yeah, it's more, exactly. More and and yeah. it's trying to, 
it's trying to educate them that actually you know a lot of the hard work you put in now you might be speaking to people who won't want to do anything right now but that doesn't mean you don't talk to them um oh, a lot you know of the what? hard work you're doing a, now it's so sorry it's so short-sighted of people to stop yeah doing business because you don't make money so I, i'm honestly we go to see people uh even my clients and they're like and they're like oh no one really comes to season because we're not spending any money and i think you're not in it for the long game unless you're, you know what I mean? Mm. If someone's not paying you right now, it's happening eventually as long as you keep your hand in. I just think it's it's so short-sighted people. Brokers, recruiters, anything. I think it's the same for anyone who's just like, yeah, you're not looking after your customers when they're not spending money with you is ludicrous. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, um, and, and that's what's really important. And, uh, and I think then just understanding, do you know what? This isn't just, me bullshitting this isn't just a corico thing this this really yeah. is the market and, we do, and actually you know, we genuinely see that as well money where people have gone they're going to with ridiculous offers because obviously my my um company struggle at the moment like it's a market thing getting <laughs> understand your industry is a market problem it's not yeah, a company problem right. everyone you know if everyone's 30 percent down and someone yeah. else is offering you 30 percent up they, I don't, you know they're either a one-man band and they're just they're just sort of their market now or Line. yeah yeah and and we are starting to see a lot more cvs around now as um you know, sadly you know what, everyone thinks that's easier for us but it's worse because it's a little bit like if, if mortgages are easy you know it's worse for us because i don't know detrimental to anyone um being made redundant but you don't get rid of your best people first that's the mm. potential issue which means there's more people floating around which tends to mean that you know if you're hiring for the best to, to, to up the mean average of your team, mm. it's a bit of a tougher job because obviously there's more, there's more people around. So mm. it doesn't make the market any easier than when there's people, more people looking. No, it's just, it's yeah. a, I, I think for actually it is a good market to start in because when I started yeah. in back in the day, the market was not dissimilar to this, maybe a little bit better, but you know, I remember the first five-year fix. Show my age. You know, I remember the first five-year fix that was flying out the door was a, a um, Bank of Ireland nine point nine nine percent five-year fix, and that was flying because it was under relative, 10%. though, wasn't it? In regards to house prices, and stuff, yeah, I know we yeah, it, it was that. relative. Old but man, it, but it showed... back in my day, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, obviously, house prices were much were much cheaper then, um, but yeah, it was a it was a tough market. So actually when we had the good times and the crazy times, it was, that was the unbelievable bit. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when they went away again, that became a little bit more, Oh yeah, this is mortgage breaking. This is, this is more normal. Well, I think um, that's at the moment, this is mortgage broking. Yeah. Because you can't go to your bank. This is, yeah. this is the time when you need the broker. It's tough. It's, you know, but you've actually got to find solutions for people. I do think I'm not, um, this isn't disparaging again on the new people in the industry, but through no fault of their own, they haven't seen any tough times through maybe eight to ten years. No, so actually, right, probably yeah. we look at it as from a manager's point of view. We've never really warmed these people up to go when it gets tough. Mm. This is what you've got to do. So it's hard to. So you'd assume a guy being in eight years is quite experienced. But actually, he's never experienced this before. Mm. So it's a it's a very different market to try and teach someone who has never had to kind of hunt for bit work, you know, actually have to sell, you know, but do you, mm. you know, do your job better? You know, it's just, uh, 
So it's, yeah. I don't think it's so much the new generation. I think it's just that they've had a very a relatively easy time of it. Yeah, I think it's just been the last, you know, the last decade or so um, that that has been that has been been like that. Um, and now it's, it's funny you speak to some of the guys who go, you know, I, it was tough. It was tough during lockdown. You went, well, everyone made money. Wasn't that well, tough? yeah, it was, it was tough to for work from home. Yeah. Oh, I think it's tougher now. I think this yeah. is the toughest trading condition since Credit Crunch. Now. Whoa, right now. whoa. We and don't, we don't, we don't uh, make uh, distinctions between now and 2008. That's uh, a... That's <laughs> <laughs> we all see it like Vietnam. So if you think this is 2008, you weren't yeah. there, man. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's not, it's not the same, but it's the toughest since then. Yeah. Since then. Because I, I think, you know, everyone thought, the Brexit vote was hard, but actually it wasn't. Even lockdown after after the initial six week period, where yeah, drinking warm your for six was, weeks, and then all of a sudden back then, to broken. Then it was it was quite mad for a bit, and then but since the Truss and Quartang debacle, it's been it's been really hard, and and this period mm. right now is is the hardest well, I've experienced. Really wiped us out for last year. You know, in all, being uh, completely open and transparent, we had a good year up to that point. And I was like, mm. I thought, Q4, this is pretty much going to be profit. And then they brought out that uh, wonderful budget and went, oh, yeah. so we're not making any money this year then. <laughs> Cause no, exactly. No, we were the same. It, it killed us. Yeah. Mm. It, it really did. We had we had three no one, months. No one's budgeting for three quarters of the year. Do you know what I mean? No. It, was, it just absolutely, um, it rocked stuff. Yeah. It rocked the industry, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I... I don't think they quite realise and still don't realise the damage they did to to everyone. I think that goes a lot to say about them. They probably still don't know. No, no. So in regards to, well, I know you said about the social media side of things. So obviously you've been around a long while and this has changed. I know you do you, you do your podcast for uh, in the mortgage industry, right, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah, like I said, social media's changed. So how... Does it does that still make a big difference to big business like yours? Is it still like personal branding? Because you obviously got like one or two man band mortgage advisors. Like you said, they can pivot on their marketing stuff. They're just they're bang bang and they're selling it. But actually, people are buying. Although they're buying from the individual brokers with you, they're buying from Corico. So, is it how how do you kind of how do you navigate that in the in the social media world? Um, I think it's still just as important, if if not more so. And and actually, we're because we're not corporate, we we have we have advantages there. Um, yeah. Because you know, if if we want to do something, we can do it. Um, as long as obviously it's not not taking the piss out of FCA rules. Well, do you know what? Because, I, I speak to. I mean, obviously, you, I know we're network wise. We're um, we work with the same people, but I speak to so many people who they still got those dinosaur networks. Who if they want to put up. A social media post it takes like, three days mm. to come back and they've got to get all through i'm like that's not this world you know like no it's our not news this is world. Yeah. it happens straight away then it's gone tomorrow and everyone's forgotten yeah. about it it's just, yeah i don't know how they can still function like that and you know the ones yeah. that are the you know the, the dinosaurs that still take there was a lot of education um first of all when we did join when we started there was a lot of education around um because um, i was already doing pr marketing etc um social yeah. media i was one of the first to do um to do to do mortgage blog and and podcasts 
Um, and yeah. there was a bit of, you know, uh, uh, first it was, well, obviously you have to give us all your stuff to sign it off, first of all. And I just said no. I said, I, I literally well, just no, dug my heels in and like said, you, no, you, you don't understand how it works. You trust these people to go out in your network mm. and sell, but then you don't trust them enough that they're not going to say something stupid on a social media post. I mean, we all say stupid stuff on social media, but not to the point that it's detrimental to the business. And I think there's networks that make you sign off like a child. I just... Yeah, I think there's education that needs to be there. So we have a social media policy and, you know, we know that we know the FCA rules and and I know... um, That's what I mean, Martin. You would assume with these networks, they put it in place that everyone understands the social media policies and then what not to do. Now run with it. Like, you can't then go... Oh, okay. We need to check everything you do. You know, surely mm. they're like the they're, they're businessmen at the end of the day. So it should be a trusted yeah. point of reference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there has to be as as there has to be some monitoring and there has to be some mm. due diligence done by the networks on the ARs. Of course, there does. Um, yeah. And if they make a mistake, then then they have to deal with it. But um, but yeah, it's about making sure that the training's right. Making sure you 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 trust people. And um, and and making sure that they know the difference between a you know a financial promotion and 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 a social media post because they are very different. Yeah. We still do financial promotions, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I get them signed off because I know yeah, it's yeah. a financial promotion, so I have yeah. to get it. And signed they're not off. reactive. Are they? They're something that you plan. No, that that's it's yeah. yeah. It's more the reactive social media stuff that I think is incredible. That you have to get signed. Yeah, off. I think people do need to be careful because it is something the FCA are looking at. And I have seen over certainly over the past twelve months or so some more questionable, more um, social content that I look at it and think, do you know what, guys? That is actually a financial promotion, and 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 actually, you, I can see what you're doing, and you, but you don't realise that that is a financial promotion. So for anyone doing it, I would definitely advise just reacquaint yourself with with the rules of what you can and what you can't do. If you aren't sure. Yeah, if you aren't sure, you know what? Talk to your network. If you're in the net, if you're a DA, then talk to the FCA. They're really good. The FCA are really good. If you talk to them and speak to them, yeah. they will help you. Or obviously, you've got the Association of Mortgage Intermediaries, um, who will also help. They're really good. They've got some guidelines on the on the new uh, on the new the new rules. So it's uh, there was a lot of help out that? there. How has that come about? Because um, is that just the mortgage intermediaries side of things? Is that um, was that just kind of a brainchild of someone, or is that who's that? The that? Association of Mortgage Intermediaries. Yes. Um, no, yeah, they like the guy get together and make sure we keep level playing field, or, or somewhere where people can go and um, ask questions and that kind of thing. Or was it? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, Amy came out of uh, IAFA, which was the uh, Association of Financial Advisors, and actually, um, when Robert Sinclair was, was was with there, yeah, they split off to to form Amy, and so so Amy are the official trade body who represents all firms within the mortgage industry. Um, right. So our job is to make sure that. Um, um, intermediary firms' interests are, are, are held within 
the FCA within the Treasury and government, um, working with other trade bodies like UK Finance and IMLA, uh, etc., um, to make sure that um, that we have uh, have have a really good a really good experience for all our firms that we keep regulated in the right way, um, etc. And, uh, and they've done some incredible work around around uh, consumer duty and around. Um, Back in the day when um, when when mortgage regulation came in and 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 really, yeah. you know, things like um, um, really they've they've done some some really good things. So so the industry works in the way that it does today because without them, would, would you advise you sort of have um, sort regulators of new, new and brokers. government? Hey, so would you, would you advise kind of new brokers or new broker owners? to get involved in that kind of thing to make sure that you a bit like it's a bit of buying power and a bit of knowledge power that you've got shared knowledge. i think it's it's knowledge and 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 help and um and the chance to influence a debate as well because you know with uh, full disclosure yet yeah, i am the chairman so obviously i'm i'm biased um but you know we we sat down recently with um with rachel reeves the shadow chancellor around what possibly the housing policy and uh, could look like in the future. Do you feel like you get listened to? Um, do you feel like yeah, you get to I do actually. I, I do. Yeah. And, and I wasn't sure when I first got involved, but, <clears throat> yeah. and I think the FCA has gone through several iterations, but I think actually the current incumbents of the FCA, um, I, I think are really good. And, and I think there's a really good relationship between Amy and the FCA. I think there's a good relationship um between us and the other trade bodies as well um and i think what's really really interesting is a lot of people look at the amy board and think oh it's just the big people um going in running the market but it's not like that at all it really is people leave their egos and their company ideals at the door and actually it really is a lot of people talking about how can we make the mortgage industry a better place for those working within it and for our clients and it's yeah. really important that people understand that there is there's no hidden agenda there's no you know we can't talk yeah, about to, uh, commerciality or anything like that um we have practitioners in there who uh, come from small brokerages um you know like yourself who 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 know that know what's happening in the ground level um i'm the first practitioner who's a chairman so so we do bring that um that down-to-earth approach to actually what what does matter to the average broker and the average broker firm out there good so they do kind of get their voices heard yeah um, definitely and, and i i definitely encourage everyone to to get involved with it and um there are there you know there, there are some really good ways of communication and and into that to make sure that that your voice is heard and, and we can amplify that voice um, in the right way. Oh, nice. Nice. So just going back to something you said previously, you were saying about now is probably not a bad time to maybe start a business. You know, like, like we said before, that a lot of good businesses were born out of the uh, credit crunch. Um, mm. What advice could you give to people at the moment if they are starting out kind of any any pitfalls that you might have come across or any amazing life hacks that you think will save someone hours, days, years of their, uh, their, their growth plans? Um, I think it's, uh, there, 
there are several things. Don't don't um, <laughs> don't expect it to be easy. <laughs> Make sure you have a uh, a realistic conversation with your family about how much time it's going to take. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all speak to people about the um, mortgage brokers <laughs> going out on their own because they're good mortgage brokers, and they go, "You." The one thing you have to remember is you might not get to do the thing you're really good at. So you want actually want to you want to own a business is very different from being mm. a good mortgage advisor going yeah, on your own because absolutely. you don't get to do the stuff that you get, are good at that made you money that made you yeah. great. Actually, you mm. deal with a hundred different other things that you have to take into consideration. Yeah, yeah, and and don't be afraid to to admit you're wrong and change and pivot. A lot of people talk about pivoting. But that's really, really important within a business. It's it's really good to have. You can have How a long term that? vision that How doesn't easy change. Is that when you've got, sorry, one to you. Um, how easy is that for you? Like to, like if you go, you're going to do something, it's wrong. Is it, is it? Does it come quite easy to go? Look, that's not right. Let's change it. Or do you? Because for, for me personally, I'm a bit of a force. Of uh, we can make that work. We can make it work, and you know, like it's a mm. bad relationship. You know, you should have left it six months ago, um, but you don't. Do you, is that easy for you to to kind of say, look, I didn't do that right. Let's move on. Was it was it a bit of a, like a, a struggle with yourself? I wouldn't say it's easy, but you get to trust your gut a lot more as as time goes on, as an experience. You know, there's. As I say, every, all, all of us make mistakes all the time, but um, yeah. but there are some that that you can now see coming a mile off. Um, and and you it's think that's just time in the game now. Sure, you react. Yeah, I think I think there's a bit of that. I think I think what time in the game gives you is it gives you it gives you more confidence to trust your instinct. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that your instinct is wrong if you haven't had time in the game, because your instinct is yeah, your yeah. instinct. And you always, going back to that looking at yourself in the mirror, you always have to look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and and, and accept yourself or not. And that's that's what's important. I'd always say you've got to be authentic. You've got to be true to yourself. Don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and grow a company just because you think it should look like that, but that doesn't really match your individual um viewpoint it's yeah it, the company so we, we, always ask people, company, we always ask them why they're doing it because yeah loads of, some people don't know and you think well what's your company gonna look like is it gonna be yeah you head honcho or you yeah. just running the show and everyone being off their own because like, people yeah. don't have that vision at the beginning you really struggle later on don't you with actually yeah absolutely yeah. Line, that vision is really important yeah clarity of vision is really important there's a great book which I'd advise everyone to read, which is called Traction, yeah. um, which is an EOS uh, system of of working. And we're we're not there yet, but it's something that I'm trying to I'm trying to incorporate into the business, and that 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 will give you a really good steer into into what you need to do to 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 run a business. I think that's um, important as well. I know way. you mentioned there, look, you get the uh, you get the the points in the business like the forty to hundreds. And the lower, and you said about building the different management structures and that kind of thing. Do you think it's important to make sure you've got that? <laughs> oh, blimey. No. Balloons went off behind me. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you've been shot. Yeah. I don't even know where that came from. Um, 
Do you think it is completely through me? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, just in regards to kind of building the foundations, do you think it's important to make sure you've got everything in place and then build a team? Or do you think you can build a team and then kind of start putting things in place? Where do you sit with the what side of the business you build first? Operational, sales? I, I think you've got to be realistic. And, and let's face it, when, when you start a business, you everyone does, if you've got five of you, there'll be at least three of you who are doing different jobs. You'll be doing yep. several jobs, especially if you're, if you're running it, you're doing several jobs. You are the sales director. You are head of marketing. You are head of HR. You're head of compliance. You know, you're IT. all these things. <laughs> IT. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all these things. So it is very difficult. You do have to be realistic. You can't just put, you can't go in and put structure in place straight away. But I think one thing we actually did do um, quite well when we started, and there, there were five or six of us, is, is we did define each of our roles. Um, yeah. Um, so whether it was MD, marketing and PR, um, finance, um, introducers, etc., that type of thing, that that actually worked quite well it works works quite well to a point until you get to a point where other people fancy doing everyone else's job yeah, um, I that. <laughs> but 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 when you start off you have to sort of have that singularity of okay well well actually i'm doing this um this is how we're going to make decisions that, that make it really clear how you make decisions that helps with accountability in regards to well that's your job you know that is because that's outlined in your job Role. I think we, we're, yeah. we're as proud of that as a lot of people where we probably haven't written job specifications for ourselves. Ironically, we do it for a living for other people. Um, you know, because you're kind of a jack of all trades, aren't you, at the beginning? So you just do everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, you are. And that's, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay to have that. I think it's all buying into the same vision is, is, the, is the most important thing. Making sure that you have that you respect each other, making sure that you have ways to make decisions, making sure that you have, um, you know, ways to, when you do disagree, what happens? Yeah. What happens well, then? Well, like a it, process of that rather than just... Uh, yeah, everyone. actually have a process in that, you know, if you've got four people running a company and two agree and two disagree, what happens? What do you do? Yeah. How, how do you work that out? Um, How's that been for you then with having more than or having different heads at the top for a long time? I spent, like a, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was really difficult actually. We started with six of us. Because there's um, six egos, isn't there? And six thought processes and how you want to see the business. So to get everyone's vision aligned with well, two of you is hard enough, I know. So like, with six yeah. of you must be, must be quite a task initially. Um, well, let's put it this way there are two of us now. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't want to say to everyone who's going out there and getting up like four or five of you going up two or three leave. I don't, you don't tend to see people unless you're buying in a C-suite management team. You don't tend to see like founders of five or six or. I think change is, is, is inevitable. It's, it's going back to that adaptability. You know, I think uh, if I look at the people who, who were here at the start and aren't here 
you know, maybe a couple of them might be delighted and, you know, they've moved on and actually they're doing really well in what they're doing and, and, and they've got more control now. Um, or they just wanted to do something different, you know, maybe one or two are pissed off. I I don't, I don't know, but, but it's about, it's, it's that, you know, businesses are living, breathing entities and they do change markets change people change priorities change and it's about how you deal with all of that um and i it is difficult it is very difficult every day is a bit like getting married young you know and you just, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah you exactly you want yet, yeah change. yeah and i'm not the same person i was in 2009 when we started when we started corico um i have the yeah. same vision I have singularity of vision, but I'm not. Clarity of vision actually came number one in the. They've just they've done a I think it's a Gallup survey recently. Clarity of vision was the number one thing in business checklist that you needed to run a success. Or what they think was thirty thousand companies or whatever, and and, um, the the number one thing that came out of that was business clarity or clarity of vision. Yeah, was the um, was number one from the checklist. Yeah, that's a, that's really important, and that that vision is is really important. Um, how do you get how do you get fifty five people all buying into that vision and constantly making them but like keeping them up to date on the vision and that kind of thing? Because it's a big, it's a you're a bit you're a you're a bit of a juggernaut to turn. You know what I mean? When people are with new people are joining, leaving, etc. Like it's a yeah. How do you, how do you I make, think again, you have to be realistic about it. I mean, it's. You know, you do see some success, what I would define as very successful companies who who do that incredibly well. But I think the reality of it is you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. And I think if you actually, I'd like to believe that everyone at Corico loves it and they know where we're going, they're really happy. I would be naive to actually think that. Yeah. Um, and uh it's about continuing to repeat your vision, continuing to explain changes where you think you need to change or pivot or, or do something different because circumstances or market dictates. It's about how you deal with people when they're not happy because you cannot make everyone happy all the time. Um, and, um, yeah, I think there are enough people who have left Corico thinking, what a great place. I'm really, really pleased I went there. But there I have to accept there are also people who think, God, what you know you know well, I mean that is the nature of bigger business. Cracked up well, right? so yeah. You lose ten percent of your people, seems like quite a lot, all of a sudden it's got this revolving door policy, whereas one man van loses ten or you know, four or five man van mm. loses twenty percent. It's not a big deal. So it's relative, isn't it? You know, like it must yeah. be it's harder to maintain at your end i'm assuming yeah because yeah it's hard i i you know it, it, it's difficult because i do take i do take things personally and you know in my my old yeah, do, you still treat, do you not treat like um like a business transaction you know like i i used to take everything personally as though as a personal attack on me once i understood that it's just a once it's like it's a business decision etc then it kind of makes it easier to swallow but yeah i think i think it, now yeah. i'm a lot more yeah absolutely um but i still i my ideal is still that we have a lovely 
sitting around holding yeah. hands. Everyone wants to place. Their money and yeah, etc. Et yeah. So, so that's still that's so still always that the aim. Harder to maintain? Sorry, I keep hmm? interrupting. But um, what point does that become harder to maintain? Because like it's five, you start in, you've all got this vision, and then you get to maybe ten, fifteen. Um, at what point does it get trickier to kind of? Or the next sort of growing pain after that, after your initial great core of people, when's the next? When's the next tricky bit in how you kind of get to the next level? Because, like I said, there's not many people get to that level. Most most firms are under mm. ten people. Well, like ninety percent of firms. Yeah, are under 10 no, they are. I think it's I think it's when you get fifteen. If if I look back and think when you're fifteen to twenty, I think you know you're all in it together. I think above yeah. that you start to get you start to get uh, other people in and then 20 to 40 yeah. you sort of lose a bit more control and then 40 plus it's 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 and is it's just because tricky. you don't get the personal touch you think with it this is how, like it's much more numbers and metrics because you can't individually go around 50 people and make sure they're all happy and how they, how they were at the weekend etc do you think it's do you think that's relatable to the, the size of the business yeah, I think it becomes harder. I think it it also depends on the role of that person doing it. I mean, if I could, if that could be what I do each and every day is is having the time to go around speaking to people Amazing, and make sure they're okay and that you know that I'd love that 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 would be great. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, but the reality is that that you don't have time to do that. And then you have to trust that that managers are, are getting your. You know, I'm blessed with a great senior management team, all female, who are who are fantastic. But you, you do have to trust in them to actually make sure that they're yeah. getting the vision out. And it's not it's not like Chinese whispers. <clears throat> yeah, that you start off well, the, you know, saying been, one uh, thing and it comes out as something else. Yeah, I mean we. we had a blessing on the other side of that in the sense that we've we've taken a couple of girls recently who come from a very good business great directors awful managers and I just think that's um, really kind of resonates with me that when where, as we grow they've got to be a direct reflection on you haven't they they've got they can't be a great director of business great vision great founder owner vision and then a knobhead manager it's just the you know it yeah just, i mean that that does happen i've i've been on the recipient of knobhead managers um, <laughs> in, in my past and uh yeah it doesn't go well because i'm it's quite bizarre, isn't it? it how you would you work so hard to grow something <clears throat> and then you give it to yeah. someone who is not a direct reflection of you yeah i think it's um i think in the mortgage industry especially and maybe not so much now but but definitely previously it was well, you're a good broker, so therefore you'll be a good manager. And as you grow as a broker and become more successful as a broker, you then go into management. But that's not necessarily the... the you need very different skills skill set, as a broker to a manager. There are some who do it really well, but there are an awful lot who... It's just not It's not transferable. The singular vision you need to have as a broker and etc. Yeah. sometimes doesn't well, dictate into, best broker into in a management. I know. They are never going to be managers. They're just great. No, managers. absolutely. Yeah, They're very singularly minded, competitive yeah. individuals, but actually have no interest in helping other people progress their careers. And if you're not interested yeah. in that, don't be a manager. Don't be a leader. Like it's not. It's a no. Exactly. Not, yeah, totally agree. It should be 
another echelon of promotion where you're not a manager, you're just amazing at what you do. Because it feels mm. like, you know, you hit that little <clears throat> point and you go, well, I've got to become a manager. And actually you don't because you might be shit at it and you're really good yeah. at broken. And then it destroys anything you've, you've done. It's, um, it's, how do you pick your leaders actually on that? How do you, how do you, do you pick them early on? Um, do you see it? How do you, um, <clears throat> I think you can see it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can see it. Um, you know, bearing in mind, no one's a finished article, um, but you can see attributes within certain people. Um, you can see how they conduct themselves, how they deal with problems themselves, how they deal with people, how they react when someone around them is having an issue. You really can spot. You really can spot it. Does that um, get clocked for another for a later date? Is that just a is that a yeah, mental note? Or is that something you look at and go, that guy might have it, or that that girl's got this behaviour that we love? Yeah, absolutely, and that, and that's what you try and encourage and and nurture. Um, and uh, how do you go for the uh, other point of it then, Monty? How do you, how do you get the other <laughs> side of it where you've got really good brokers, want to be managers, and they're not got the skill set for it? How do you, how do you address that? It's <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> Um, I think it's asking them to not just say they want to do it, but actually start behaving like it. So actually really good. So I had uh, one piece of advice I had when I wanted to go from admin to broker was if you want to do that, start acting like a broker. And those were the days when there there was a bit, you know, if you broker a bit more. Yeah, and uh, but actually start making people look at you and think, yeah, you're a broker rather than just cheeky Monty who's you know, you said, and it, messing yeah. around. Act, act, act. Yeah, start start acting. If you want to be a manager, start acting like one now. Don't wait mm. until you're a manager. Actually show the attributes. Actually show you're helping people. Actually show that if you've been given a task you don't really want to do, you just do it. You don't moan about yeah. it actually show you really, all the attributes because yeah. management is really ba- is really hard because you're i don't know if i can swear on your podcast um no, because no, you're no. It's, it's like it's a shit sandwich isn't it a manager because yeah. you get shit up from people and you get shit down and and yeah. you're the you're you're, you're the, the bit in the middle you're the buffer on both of those so it's about how do you yeah. take the stuff up that's moaning about you know the company or this or that, yeah, or that issue, and and, and, and listen to them without just throwing the people at the top under the bus, and vice mm-hmm. versa. If someone's going, oh, this guy's or girl's not performing, don't throw them under the bus. How do you how do you manage up and manage down? And that's that's really a, a really difficult part. That's of a hell of a skill. Certainly, a middle that's management. A hell of a skill. Yeah, middle <clears> management is a real, like you yeah. said, it's a tough skill to keep your yeah. bosses happy and keep your team happy. Yeah. Yeah. inevitably someone got you know yeah. it's got to give someone um, like someone yeah and people much. think it's just about managing down it's not the best managers no. manage up and that's it and and i think what my team are really good at now is managing me and and that's that's really important that's exactly what i want them to do so don't just they don't just to come to me um oh i'm a nightmare probably <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a nightmare to manage. <laughs> uh, 
um yeah no it's about it's about uh, for me it's always been about respect yeah and if i respect someone and i see that they're being authentic and making decisions that for a reason that's well explained then i can i can live with that what i yeah. can't deal with is people with whose egos are <laughs> uh, out of the stratosphere or who yeah. are just doing that themselves also to make themselves you know the uh, the old. I mean, this is back in the day. You know, the middle management of um, you know they're taking the chairs away types. Um, you know <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the carrot. So we can't treat you. You physically can't do that anymore. I mean, really. <laughs> no, but, you can't. <laughs> Bloody work. With, yeah, yeah, yeah work. I don't, do you know what I? I grew up in the sales team of that environment. Mm. So for me, that's not bullying or mean or anything it was just a guy that wanted everyone to perform at their best yeah um, i think if you brought that into set and you must see it now because you probably maybe what about second third generation of brokers coming through mm. you have to treat people very differently now i think and you can't go through the old way of doing stuff you know no people, you can't people need a little bit more from you yeah um, it, it, it's not yeah it's it's about yeah the management is much more nuanced now than it used to be you know you, in the old days you're threatened everything you do you're just threatened with being fired or you know called names oh, you know what I was or, telling you, only ever employed job i was constantly even though i was always top two in the company i was constantly in fear of being sacked one because the yeah. ceo was nuts but two, because they co- they constantly <laughs> let you know that you someone else could fill your seat tomorrow. Yeah, yeah exactly. People yeah. just quit. So you yeah. just go, no, I don't, I don't need that yeah. pressure. But I, I loved it. I thrived on it. But they never felt. Yeah, like I mean, this, yeah, it's how you deal with the pressure. I I quite enjoyed it, but um, but yeah, it's not that there's there's better ways. I I think I learned more about how not to manage than I learned yeah. how to manage. Um, there is one really good. Yeah, if you have, you have a bad was, manager around, you know what not to do. Yeah, exactly, and they're, they're the ones who will, you know, they'll ball you out in front of everyone. It's a real blame culture. You know, it's everyone else's fault, but they're. Hear of it all the time. Still hear know. of it. People getting screamed at in the office and stuff. I just think like. This, in this day, look, it's, it's, what has someone done unless they're stealing from you or they're doing something that's bringing the business into disrepute actually screaming at someone is uh, yeah, beyond me it doesn't get anyone anywhere no. no, we were in recruitment we hear it all the time like I, I love someone sales manager somewhere shouting at their team like their children because that gives us six new people to speak to the next day because no one wants to be treated like that you know we're all, we're all <laughs> to make money and, yeah it's just true, though, isn't it? You know, it's just it's, yeah. it's, we're all, we're all adults. You don't need to be shouted at and told what's what's wrong, what's wrong. No, I, I think that's hopefully a lot of that is is gone. Um, you mm. can't treat people like that. You you need to be respectful. You can't call people names. There's a whole thing. We we, we want to encourage like... people into the industry because it's a great yeah. industry. And again, everything we're doing with Amy and the whole working in mortgages thing. Um, which is a great website to check out, um, is, is all about where are the new people, where are the new diverse people within the industry who, who we want to come in. And, you know, if a schmuck like me can can do okay, then uh, then it, it really is can. a good place. How is that, it, just in regards to the, uh, 
diversity, inclusivity, etc. I mean, we are predominantly a white, middle-aged man, and obviously two similar people talking at the moment. Uh, but, are you calling middle-aged? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm assuming if I die at 70. Uh, um, but can you see the change? Is it tick box exercise? Are people actually, is it, is it noticeable difference? Because you still see panels of teams as white middle-aged men. You know, financial services is that yeah. old school. You know, the old school. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to use the, uh, the phrase, but it, it, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's a very it's a very mm. particular person that went into it. Um, how have you seen that change? And is it dramatic, or is it just kind of happening, or, or is it happening at all? I think it was it was changing over time. Generally, I think definitely the work that that we started doing with the with the first diversity report a couple of years ago, um, and all the good work that you know, Mortgage Solutions and their DIFF project are doing um, and IMLA and what they're doing with their diversity work is is really good and it's starting to to make a difference. We're starting to see there is there is more, you know, if you go to an event now, there's definitely more females, there's definitely more, um, more diverse, more people from diverse backgrounds. Yeah. But it's... The tip what of an iceberg. We, what, how do we do anything about this? Is going to sound like an old man, but <clears> if because obviously you're looking for mortgage brokers, yeah. So we're obviously we're in recruitment, so we're finding you mortgage brokers. As important mm. as diversity and that and that side of things is, we want to get you the best mortgage broker at the end of the day to come and work for your company. So how do you how do you add that extra layer on? Um, to make sure you're getting the equality, the, the diversity side of things, but also you, you're getting the pick of the bunch as well. Um, it's a question. It's a really good question. It's a question that um, I remember Dom Scott said uh, uh, when he was at Alexander Hall. He said it's about fishing in a different pond. Mm. Um, but I, I think it's in how we it's how we promote how we how we promote the industry how we do our job adverts how we use our language how we do our interview processes yeah um because there are a lot of good people in there who are probably better than some of the so-called um been around the block i'm yeah, quite yeah. experienced person who are just looking at the industry and going oh i can't see anyone like me in it maybe it's not Maybe it's not for me. Yeah. Um, oh, I've read this. It doesn't sound very. Yeah, it doesn't sound very. Um, Is that just an education? Well written or well, appealing like to me. I think it's a massive education yeah. bit. Yeah. It's massive education. That's that, that's the whole working in mortgages piece around how do we, how do we attract people, um, and actually showcase that this this mortgage industry is, you know, it really is for everyone. You don't need to. Have don't need to have gone to uni. You don't need a degree. Yeah. Don't, you're need, don't need to, bloody O levels or A levels. You're selling to such a diverse crowd as a broker. Correct. So, you know, it doesn't, yeah. you don't have to be mm. that stuffy pinstripe suit guy anymore. You know, it's just, no, it's it's not that like that at all. Mm. Now it's about you know people by people, and going back to what I said about you know people want to see themselves reflected in the firms they do business with. Yeah. Um, you know. You, you, 
if I look at Corico, we we do we do recruit on personality quite a lot, mm-hmm. rather than just ability. And I think well, I mean, all we of us... we absolutely wax lyrical about this because we do yeah. behavioural testing and that kind of thing. Because I don't. One of the things I always think is broken about recruitment as a whole is that we hire on experience yet we fire on behaviours. Doesn't make sense to do that at the beginning. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah I totally agree because you can teach. You can teach skills, you can't teach attitude. Yeah, and behaviour, yeah, exactly. They're, these are deep-set behaviours mm. that, you, they, that you are, they're mm. ingrained. So it's not something that you can, yeah. you can teach. But like you say, you can teach some of the right attitudes, you can, you can teach the right skills. Yeah. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've always thought that was bizarre. But we just, I mean, we, we work on CVs. I mean, we don't, personally, we do videos and stuff, but the, mm. working off a CV and not off someone's behaviours, it just, it's, uh, just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Because no one gets yeah. sacked because they're experienced, do they, I think? They get yeah. the way they are, and it's just things like you, you know, if you if you're sending, if I ask you for five CVs, I guess you you do have to instruct a bit of change. If you're going to send me five CD CVs, I don't want to see five CVs from five white blokes, mm. and that might sound wrong. Even but, if that, but, but actually, again, just, just putting my <coughs> uh, double down, <coughs> even yeah. If, those five blokes are the best mortgage brokers you could get. Those, you would you would take the hit on that to. I think I've, I think there's got to be some choice there. Yeah, I think there has I mean, to I agree. be some I'm choice because you have you have, have to make a start somewhere. Yeah, and and I think it's really important. And are they really the five best? Really, I don't know. I don't no, know. No. It's interesting to see if it's because it's, it's a tightrope between quality and mm. keeping everyone happy. You know, it's uh, it's always going to yeah. be that because we, we are massively dominated by one, you know, one one species. Um, yeah, well, historically speaking, but but if you're looking at new people, yeah, into the industry, I think that's important. It doesn't with, like, have to be the same. And that kind of thing as well. You can't yeah. be looking at, um, you know, the same yeah. things that people have looked at for years. I think that's really mm. important. There's some really good training academies out there, mm. actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really, and smart. that diversity of thought is so important. Mm. It's so yeah, important because if you have if you have five of the same people sitting around a board, you know, you might say, "Oh, that's really good. We all agree." Really? Yeah. yeah. If, what if you all agree you're doing the wrong thing? Well, just funny enough, I think you just carry on blindly. Uh, I think Rob Jupp said at one of the podcasts. He said, "If you just if you build a management team that is like you." You might as well not have a management team. Yeah, correct. Not to yeah, build what's the point? things around you, you can kind of challenge you and say that's stupid. Yeah. Why? Or why is that? You know, and uh, yeah. and it's, yeah, same as diversity, isn't it? You, got, you can't build you. I think that's where I first failed in business. Actually, is when I started out and I thought, oh, I just get a load of me, and then you realise mm. there's only one idiot in every company. You can't have six of you. I'm the only idiot in the company. Yeah. I've got that badge already, so you can't take. But it's true, yeah. isn't it? You, you kind of you don't see it at the beginning, do you? You just think, "Oh, five mm. more of me will make sense because I do the X." Well, actually, what I needed was something completely different. You know, I needed yeah. operational people, people with empathy and uh, you know curiosity, that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe I didn't have because yeah. um, I was good at what I did, but actually, yeah, I, I, yeah, really I listened to. There's a podcast the other day. What was it? And they said. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, too many people start businesses with the person on the same course of them at college. 
yeah, yeah what yeah. you actually need to do is actually leave the faculty go sorry it was american leave the faculty go across the road to someone who does studying something completely yeah, different yeah. and say yeah. right you've got completely different skills and outlook i want to start a business with you well, that's, I think, again that that's what would work full circle to what we talked about at the beginning is why it's so important to have someone with that marketing head because actually two really good mortgage brokers doth not make a good mortgage company what mm. it makes is two really good mortgage brokers trying to find leads and you know just doing it running everything themselves mm. but actually having that bit of diversity from a different background like you said from marketing or anything like that to where you can have another look at it it's um it makes much more sense I, and i genuinely yeah. see it in businesses like yours like it's they've got to have a Got a few more skills than just being able to sell mortgages. Yeah, if if you want to grow, um, it's fine yeah. being oh, yeah, two mortgage brokers who just want to write business until the cows come home. And I know some really successful brokers who, you know, that's what they do. I there are do, two, right? the two or time, three of them. There are the middle, the middle ground ones where it used to be like a badge of honour. You know, one or two man band is because you could work hard and work for six in the morning until ten at night. And now you've yeah. got guys who. Again, it's the bottom end of the market, but they, the dog's got anxiety and they, they want to walk that in a day and they want to do two mortgages a month. And I actually don't think that is good for the industry, those those guys, because they don't learn anymore. They never get, they don't, they're not striving to get better. They're not really accountable to anyone. I think, I think there's too many of them in the market. Maybe, maybe that's a contentious issue, um, but I just think without, I th- the, without the people around you. Yeah, I think choices. I think. I think choice and again diversity of the type of firm is is good. I, th- I think uh, you know there's no there's no one definition of of success. Success for one firm might be making loads of profit and selling for millions. For others, it might just be do you know what I've got work life balance that's brilliant. I earn well. I can do the school run, walk the dog, cook the wife dinner, and and that's actually. Yeah. That's success, and actually, that's I that's why I. For the individual. My my biggest concern of those guys is that not pushing, pushing an industry where the bar is relatively low to get into, not pushing it further on because they don't need to. I think that industry wise, that's great if someone does that, want to do that, and they're and they're very happy and comfortable in it. I just think as an industry, with if everyone is working along that, not everyone, but you know, they're, they're working along those lines. We're never progressing. We're never getting better. We're never kind of learning. Well, I think as long as they're looking after their clients, then yeah, then is it is it is it really oh, an yeah. issue? And if they've if you've got firms who who want to push the boundaries and want to grow, and, and then that's fine. But you know, if you've got good people who will just look after the same pool of clients, and then their clients' kids, and just deal with yeah. referrals until they retire, and then sell the book. Hopefully to Corico, um when they're yeah. when they're like sixty. Then um then then that's then that's also fine. I don't I don't mm. have an issue with that. As long as the quality of what they're doing I and the quality quite, yeah, of them looking after yeah. their advice. And you know, I think we're we're blessed in this industry with, with a lot of good people. There's there's still some people who maybe shouldn't be in it, but um, and as I say, I think there's, there's a lot of people who, through no fault of their own, have not been trained well enough. I think it's too. Yeah, I think training is too bar to uh, come in, yeah. and it's someone to promise you. I X, agree y, with that. When you, when you come in, you know, and yeah. you know, there's hundreds of those those, those companies that yeah. 
Um, you know, get your CMAP, earn 100 grand, and then leave you in the back of an office to try and work mm. out how to market yourself. You know, there's too, there's yeah. too many of those. Yeah, I do agree with that. But hopefully, the um, hopefully new people coming in and joining companies who who get it a lot more now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're joining a company and thinking that you can earn sixty, eighty, a hundred grand in your first year, you're just being misled. Yeah. Because that's that's. Or not, you've got a really good referral from your dad. Something's happening. <laughs> you got a really good referral, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you need to work hard. I think that's the that's the issue. You know, people. I don't think, know what I, nail on the head. I don't think people appreciate yeah. it. It's not. It's, it's a not tough job. It's always been a tough job. Yeah, it, it can be a hundred grand a year job, but it's not going to happen overnight. No. And, and to sustain to that, I would say the guys who are still buying leads after ten years, and they're still like, they yeah. the guys who refused to do the PTs because they weren't making any money out of it. I think. They're the guys that struggled now because actually, if you just yeah, that's that a little totally bit harder when it was sighted. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I think that that's going to come to fruition. Isn't it? The relationship building people. Yeah, so, the the, the brokers who are successful uh, get it, and they will they'll treat everyone the same. They'll do a, a PT that doesn't earn them much, mm. but it doesn't matter. They might do a small keeps mortgage, or a small further yeah, advance. From like a selfish point of view, a PT keeps someone on the books. Someone else yeah, is talking to them about their life insurance yeah. and their mortgage next time it comes around. You know, it, just, yeah. it seems crazy to me not. To and say. it's another, another chance to ask for referrals, and yeah. you don't know who their mate is. No, no. their mate. You know, funny enough, I was speaking you know. to a commercial broker the other day, very similar. He he did a sixty grand mortgage with someone. He did it's a big, you know, so small fry, and the guy, one of his biggest portfolios, these guys like a thirty million pound portfolio came mm. off the back of the guy yeah. who. You took the 20 gram August for. So you mm. just don't know, or 60 grand, sorry, you don't know yeah. who you're dealing yeah. with. You don't know who that guy yeah, exactly. knows. Exactly. That's, that story is pretty common yeah. around, around and, and the good brokers know that. And they will, and that's what I always saw at Charcoal back in the day was, was the, the people who really wrote good business. They just deal with everyone, they deal with people. Yeah. And that's, that's what they, it's still a people business. The buzz is. Yeah. Good, good, good. Sorry, I've kept, I've just looked at the time. It's been an hour and fifteen. Half an hour. Sorry. I want my lunch. I've really enjoyed it, but just I ask everyone this the last thing. So, if you can give one bit of advice to any new broker starting out now, what would it be? Be true to yourself. Be yourself. Don't try and be someone you, you're not. You do have. No. You have. You have skills. They might not be like anyone else, everyone else's skills, but you have your own individual skills. Embrace it. Nice. Brilliant. Nice way to end it. Thank you very much. And I appreciate, like I said, your time. I've All right. No worries, mate. Just I'll get everyone in on a half hour slot and then just turn them over for 90 minutes. It's easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, but it might be my fault. I tend to witter on. That's me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the worst. So, um, Thank you for everyone listening on Spotify, watch on YouTube. Uh, it's been another episode of NRG Insights uh, with Monty. Uh, if anyone wants to get hold of Monty, by the way, we've got all his socials and everything attached to it. If any questions you've got, then um, we will put them all on the blogs, websites, uh, where, wherever this goes out. Um, and we will go from there. Thank you very much for your time, Monty. Appreciate it. Thank you.